When we, uh, when we talk about worship here and we talk about turning our hearts and our minds toward God, um, I, I think we, we find ourselves wanting to place ourselves before God in order that He might transform us, our hearts and our minds. And without our attention and our affection, it's difficult um, for Him to, to get into uh, where he needs to get in order to transform us. And so that's why talking about habits, uh, th- those, those things that we repeat are routines that we repeat again and again and again. It's why this could be incredibly helpful to us in being transformed. Um, so you ready to do a little bit of work today? Okay, so about 10% of us are ready to do a little bit of work today. Um, Here's the deal about the brain. The brain is incredibly efficient. Did you know that? It's, it's, it's incredibly efficient. The way God created our, our minds, our brains, is unbelievable. If you've ever done any research on the brain or you've ever read about it, um, and I've tried at times and had to put the book aside because I'm just not smart enough to follow all of it, but what I'm finding is what the brain does is creates pathways so that it can slow itself down to be used when it's needed to be used. It's creating efficiencies in us, and that's what habits are. Uh, They they are these patterns that that the brain has helped create in order that it might focus on other things. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So the brain's incredibly efficient. It's amazing how God has wired us and what He's done with our brains. Now, I want you to think about your day. Today, let's just think about today. How many of you brushed your teeth this morning? Oh, I hope all of you raise your hands. <laughs> awesome. Um, any flossers that even flossed this morning? Oh, well done. Now, uh, what science has begun to tell us, what, what science is, is beginning to find is that 40%, 40% of our daily activity is not conscious decisions that we're making but rather habits that are playing out in our daily life. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. 40% of what you do during the day isn't you making a clear, conscious decision that's in front of you, but rather your habits that have been formed are simply playing out again and again and again. For example, most of us, um, if, if, if you're like me and, and I have a pattern of brushing my teeth in the morning, it's the very first thing that I do when I get out of bed. I don't even make a decision to brush my teeth anymore. It just happens. It's just like it's natural. It's just a part of it. You're welcome, by the way. Um, unfortunately, I drink coffee after I brush my teeth. I apologize for that. It's just what my pattern is. But, but science tells us that about 40% of our daily activity isn't conscious decisions, but habits. Now, I read this this week uh, in, in some, of, some of the research that uh, we will never change our lives. You will never change your life. I will never change my life until we change something that we do every single day. See, most of us want just the one big change. You know, I just want to do this this big thing, that it, whatever it is, and we have this goal maybe for the new year, and it's like, I just want to do this. But we will never change our lives in a meaningful way until we begin to change the things that we do every single day. It's the small changes that make the biggest difference over time. You remember the compound interest that we talked about last week? That's the same concept when it comes to our lives and, and our changing lives. So we'll never change 
our lives until we change something that we do daily. The secret of success is found in our daily routine. Now, this is across the board in many different places uh, in, in life. Now, let me give you one example where this is absolutely true. Marriage. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right? Marriage. Um, it, success in marriage, however you want to define that, but success in marriage, a healthy marriage isn't found in some huge uh, exclamation or, or proclamation of our love for our spouse. It's, it's made known in daily activity, daily decisions, daily routines. Am I right? I mean, like for marriage to be healthy, it's daily decisions that you're making that create the healthy marriage, not some big, grandiose, once a year, Valentine Day kind of a date. That's not what makes a great marriage. It's the daily activities, the daily habits. Now, here is the great news when it comes to habits, and I needed to hear this. The great news when it comes to our habits is this, that we can influence anything in our lives in terms of our, of our habitual patterns, right? We can influence any habit we want, but if we don't take an active role, if, if we're not active in the habits that we're forming in our lives, they will proliferate. They will... Uh, they will grow, they will form without our permission. You are forming habits even when you don't want to form habits. Did you know that? All of us are. And so it's important that we take an active role in our lives, in our habits, in our routines, so that we can become the kind of people God has called us to become. Now, let's step back and talk about spiritual formation just for a second, because this is where the habit piece of these conversations kind of meets the faith part of our lives, and this is incredibly important. So spiritual formation is the process of being conformed into the image of Jesus, and I'll walk through this slower, but it's, it's the process of being conformed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others and the good of the world. Now, I'm going to walk through that slowly. Spiritual formation, what God wants to happen in our lives is not just a Sunday activity, it's not just a Sunday plus a small group activity. God wants us, all of us, to be formed our whole life, our entire life, the way that we act, the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we see the world. God wants all of us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Like Jesus, for us as Christians, Jesus is the one who gives us the perfect example of how we are to be human. It's a new way to be human, a new way to be what we are created to be. So it's the process, it's the ongoing work of being conformed to the image of Jesus for the sake of other people and the good of the world. When we are conformed in the image of, of Jesus, it becomes good news to the world. It's a good thing for this world because we are moving with God and his kingdom into the goodness of what he created. Are you with me? Spiritual formation is about our whole life, not just a portion of our life. And when it comes to our daily habits and routines, spiritual formation moves us to take these habits, to be intentional about these habits, so that we begin to become more like Jesus. Um, last week, we looked at this verse. Uh, Paul was one of the very first Christians, and he writes a number of letters to the early churches that were in the, in the Middle Eastern world. And he writes one uh, to Rome, and he says this to these believers who are trying to figure out faith and life and how they come together. He says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. In other words, don't just go with the flow. Don't, don't just follow the culture at large, but rather be transformed. And here's that com the, the 
conform or transformed into the image of Christ. Be transformed by letting God change the way that you what? You think. Like, let God change the way that you think. This, this is God's work within us, but it's our responsibility to participate with what God wants to do in us. It's not, it's, it's not just God on his own and I just kind of open myself and, and, and God just changes me overnight, but rather it's our participation in the work of God that leads to the transformation in our lives. Now, it's his work completely. However, it's our, our opening ourselves and, and, and participating with him that leads to that transformation. Habits are cemented in our minds. This, as I've been looking at these things, like Paul, is in, he's brilliant, and he begins to say some things in Scripture that science is only now confirming in our culture. It's amazing the things that you, you look back and you read Scripture and you're like, he was so far ahead of his time because the Spirit was speaking in him. But he was so far ahead of his time. And, and we're seeing this in science play out. Habits are cemented in our mind, which is why God wants to change us by transforming the way that we think, changing the way that our mind plays out. So here's the passage for today. And here's what we want to walk out today. Last week, we talked about the mind and becoming what God wants us to become, um, the way that our mind hears God and opens ourselves to God. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul's writing uh, once again. And he says this, work out your salvation. Now, there have been some bad translations of this throughout time. Uh, for example, work for your salvation. Anybody go along with that for a while in life? You guys aren't telling the truth on this side. <laughs> Anybody on this side ever feel like you had to work for your salvation? Okay. Yeah. We play that game where we believe that God's love for us and his salvation in us is dependent upon our behavior. And we work for our salvation, but that's not what Paul wrote. That's not the scripture. It's work out your salvation. Like salvation is a free gift of God. It's a, it's a free gift of God. It's by faith, but, but we must work that out. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. And that word fear there is, is this concept of, of respect. So out of great uh, reverence and, and respect for God, for God. And here's some good news. Now, some of us need to hear this today. For God is working within us. Amen. Yes, you guys are awake still. That's awesome. God is working in us, giving us both the desire and the power. Both things super important, right? Because we can't do this on a... Like, God is working in us to give us both the desire and the power to do what most pleases Him. So, when it comes to our habits and being conformed into the image, uh, image of Jesus... God is working in us. The fact that you are here today, now maybe your mom made you come or your wife made you come or you wanted to go golfing or hiking or biking or something else, but you're here today. The fact that you're here today means that God is already active within you and around you if somebody made you come, but he's, he's active within you or around you. He's drawing you in. And now for you and for me, the concept when it comes to our habits is that we we participate with God and we begin to work out what He's already doing within us. 
I mean, so many of the passages in the New Testament, for you are a new creation, for example. Well, I don't always feel like a new creation. Do you always feel like a new creation? No. See, you, that section doesn't. You guys, do you always feel like a new creation? It's why Paul said, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing those anyway. And I'm like, amen, Paul. Like, I feel the same exact way. I want to do certain things, but I end up not doing them, even though I really want to do them. We must participate and work out, figure out what this salvation looks like in our daily lives. Now, habits. I'm going to come back to habits again and again and again throughout this whole series, and I'm going to dig in further and further. But what does it mean to work out our salvation when it comes to our habits? How do we do that? What do we, what do we begin to see? Well, habits... If you do any studies on habits, you'll find that there's this, this cyclical pattern when it comes to our habits. And here's what it looks like. Uh, it begins with a cue. Every habit begins with some sort of cue in our life. And that's where the habit then plays out. Our activity, our behavior plays out after a cue takes place. The cue marks something that then we do something because of that cue, and then there's a reward that takes place, which means it's cemented in us. Now, um, I'm going to nerd out just for a second. And as I do this, some of you might drift off, and I'll call you back in a couple of minutes. But for those nerds in the room, let's just nerd out in terms of the brain for a second. Conscious decisions in our lives, do you know what part of the brain they're made in? Anyone? Somebody said it. Prefrontal cortex. She probably knows this much better than me. Awesome. That's true. Our conscious decisions that we made are made in the prefrontal cortex of our brain. Up here. I told you I was going to nerd out just for a second. What, what's interesting is because the brain wants to create habits to make it more efficient is that when habits begin to, to be cemented, so when there's a cue that takes place, we make a conscious decision in the front part of our brain, a pathway is then created within our brain. The reward simply cements that pathway so that it begins to happen more naturally in us. Now, over time, once a habit begins to take root in us, the decision-making which happened in the prefrontal cortex then moves back into our brains or below the surface of our brains so that no longer we're making conscious decisions which happens at the front of our brain. Do you feel like you're in a science class today? I should have put some like images up of the brain and done some fun with that. But the, the, the concept there is the brain is becoming more efficient because it's putting back into the mind somewhere that we don't even consciously, the, the pathways that are the strongest. So you, in your decisions every single day, especially when those decisions are repeated, you are taking a decision away from the front of your brain and implanting it into the back of your brain which is why habits are so difficult to break. Anybody in the room feel like habits are just hard to break? I think there's a song, You're a Hard Habit to Break. Some of you will look that up later, sorry. Um, and this is why intentional decisions to create habits that help us conform into the image of Jesus are so very important. Because if we don't participate with God, we simply go with the flow of culture and we end up looking like what Paul would call the flesh or the earthly man. We, we, we end up looking like everyone else in culture. 
And faith moves us to look more like Jesus, not like everyone else. So if we don't participate with it. Now, um, I had some fun looking up some examples to try to cement this in us. And one of my favorites came from one of my favorite TV shows from a long time ago. And uh, Jim's playing a little bit of a joke here. But this will show you the idea of cue, the cue that takes place, the activity, and then the reward. So um, check out this little example. There's a cue, the bell. There's an action, the Altoid. And the reward is the taste of the Altoid. Now, uh, we laugh at that and we think, um, uh, yeah, that's maybe something they created online. But it's true. That happens in our lives. Uh, years ago, in the early 1900s, anybody ever hear of uh, the toothpaste Pepsodent? You know Pepsodent? Uh, some of you. Um, so Pepsodent, uh, here's an old ad from Pepsodent. In, in the uh, early days of the United States, you know, most people didn't brush their teeth. Isn't that terrible? Just most people didn't brush their teeth. It was kind of the elite who brushed their teeth. They had the money to do it, and it was more of something that, that kind of the, uh, the higher levels of society, I guess you, you might say. It was something that they, they did, but not, not everybody did. Well, Pepsodent had this concept. Uh, they didn't understand the reward, but they, they had this concept that if they could uh, identify and mark that people, when they eat food, there would be a film that covers their teeth, and it actually dulls the whiteness of their teeth, and people want white teeth. And if they could create this idea that, that toothpaste actually made their teeth whiter, more people would begin to brush their teeth. And they believed the reward was white teeth, right? Now, we know today you would have to brush your teeth insanely long amounts of time for a long period of time before it ever actually changed the whiteness of your teeth. But what they didn't realize is that something they put in the toothpaste created a tingly feeling within people's mouths that became the reward itself. And so they had these, these ads that talked about the film that covers your teeth. It dulls them. It destroys them. It makes them ugly. But we all want pretty teeth, right? We all want white teeth. So you should brush your teeth when you feel that, that film or the grime or you see something on your teeth. You should brush them. And then there was a tingle and a clean that people felt in their mouth that made them want to brush their teeth again. They were playing out this very concept in advertising. Now listen, advertising does this all the time to us. And advertising wants to create in us habits or patterns that cause us to spend money with that company, whatever that company is, to do the same things again and again to get in patterns that would build up that company which is what Pepsodent did. Now, they didn't understand the reward. They thought it was white teeth, but it was actually the tingly feeling. The stuff that they put in toothpaste, it actually doesn't do anything in the toothpaste except make your mouth feel clean. It's not actually making it any more white, they found over time. Uh, Pepsodent, made some, Pepsodent made some bad decisions over time, and they're not what they, they once were. Crest has kind of taken off. But here's the deal. When it comes to creating habits out of a cue and finding a reward, Scientists have found that it's helpful. This is like one of those no-brainers. It's helpful if uh, the cues are obvious for us and the activity is easy for us. If those two things are in place, it helps us begin patterns in our lives that become habits over time. Are you with me still? Yes. And so, for example, uh, there's, some, there's some concepts behind, uh, I will do this when it's connected to one of my habits that I've already formed. Um, I will floss after I brush my teeth, or I will brush my teeth after I floss, whichever you choose to do. But if you tie it to something that you're already doing, uh, the likelihood of that becoming a habit in you 
is much more successful. And if you make it easy, I'll drink a glass of water before I eat my meal. I need to drink more water, so I'm just going to drink one glass of water before I eat my meal. And then every time I'm about to eat, it becomes a routine that I drink a glass of water first. It makes me eat less, and it makes me healthier because I'm taking in more water. So if we tie it to things that we're already doing, it's much more successful. Now, some of you are like, again, TED Talk or spiritual formation? Well, this applies to what God wants to do in us, the routines, the patterns he wants to create, not just so they become subconscious, but because they put us in the places where we open ourselves again and again and again to God's Spirit. Now, last week was about opening ourselves just to his presence. This week is about things that we can do that actively help us participate with him. Three activities in your little folder today. The first is a prayer experiment. Um, the, the surveys that have been conducted, even among those who call themselves followers of Jesus and the, the numbers of time we, we, we pray, is terrible. We just don't pray very much, except the times when we need God to show up. But we just don't pray very much as a part of our daily lives. And so uh, Daniel is, is an example in the Old Testament. Uh, Daniel faced a... Um, Let's see if you remember this story. I don't want to, like, tell you. Daniel and the lion's den. Some of you went to Sunday school with me. Yes, Daniel and the lion's den. We see Daniel in the lion's den, and we feel like, oh, my goodness, Daniel must have been so close to God in that moment. But the truth is, Daniel had created patterns in his life that made him close to God so that when he faced the lion, he wasn't in a place overcome by fear because he knew God. Daniel prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. It was a routine and a pattern in his life that set him up for the moment that he would be most overcome with fear. He knew God was with him because he had spent three times a day with God for his entire life. Now, isn't, that, isn't that interesting? It's this pattern, this routine. So here are a couple ideas for prayer in your life. I will pray before I eat a meal. I'll pray before I eat a meal. So it's one of the reasons families, when they sit down to eat, it's one of the reasons we pray to thank God for the food, but to also put ourselves in the place that we, we are open once again to God in that moment. It's something that we do to actively participate with God. I'll pray before I eat a meal. Second idea, I will pray after I roll out of bed in the morning. First thing I'm going to do, just an experiment to try. So when you're laying in bed and you're ready to get out of bed, some of some of you can't do this, I understand, but if you roll out of bed onto your knees, your prayer could be the very first thing you do every single morning. Prayer, becoming a part of our daily activity, a routine, a habit that we practice again and again and again until it cements itself in our brain so that we constantly put ourselves before God to participate with his activity in us. Second experiment, Scripture. Um, there's an idea there in, 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 your, in your page, but I want to give you a couple other thoughts of, of, of this. Now, uh, in this letter to Timothy, uh, we read that all Scripture is inspired by God, breathed by God, and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us how to do what's right. And so Scripture is a good thing for us. To, to actively participate with God, to get into his word. So a couple of ways that this might play out in your life 
uh, this coming week. I will read the verse of the day before I shower in the morning. Now, how many of you already take a shower almost every day? How many in this room take a shower almost every day? Okay, now listen, I ask that for a specific reason because if you tie a new habit or a new activity to something that you already do every day, it's more possible that that will be successful in your life. So tie it to your shower. Tie scripture reading to your shower. Before you get in the shower in the morning, read the verse of the day on version. If you're not reading any scripture right now, this is one simple thing you could tie to a daily activity that might have success in your life. Uh, version is an app on your, on your phones. You can get it on the Apple, Android, all those different things. It's created by our friends over at Life Church. It's a great way just to get in the Word every single day. You can friend me on version. We can watch what each other does like on a day, like you can hold me accountable and I can see when you're not reading scripture. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm out on that right now, but uh, tie it to your shower or I will read scripture after I pour my coffee in the morning. Some of you are like, I can't live without my coffee. If I read before my coffee, it just goes in and out and I don't know. So after you pour your coffee, sit down and read scripture. Are you with me? Okay just activities that could become habits. And what they say is when you start in small chunks, you're more successful, and then those chunks can grow over time. So what begins as the verse of the day could become a chapter a day if you'll open yourself to it and tie it to a normal pattern in your life. Third one, fasting. Ooh, this one's scary. We don't talk about fasting very much. These three, uh, Scripture, prayer, and fasting, are very common in the New Testament. Uh, they're talked about quite a bit. And uh, fasting is when we, usually in, in, in Scripture it's talking about food uh, particularly, but I think we can do some other things in, in our day and age that, that could be helpful as well. But when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, so you don't need to let the world know, hey, I'm fasting for lunch and I'm looking to God for His goodness in my life and, oh, I'm so hungry, but I'm doing it for a spiritual, like it's saying, don't do that, that's crazy, it's ridiculous. They disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting, and they have all the reward they're ever going to get. That's what Scripture says. Now, a couple of ideas for fasting, some things that you could try, especially if you've never done fasting before. This week, I'll listen for God instead of having lunch on Wednesday. So take a very specific day that you would normally eat lunch, if Wednesday is a day that you eat lunch, and say, I'm not going to eat lunch on Wednesday. I'm simply going to turn my mind toward God and listen for Him in my life. Or... I'll listen for God instead of looking at screens after 6 p.m. So you can fast from your screen as well. Different activities. Uh, fasting is, for many of us, a scary thing, like I said, because we haven't, we haven't tried it. But the concept behind fasting is, is setting something aside that's a regular part of our life so that we can turn our, our attention and our focus on God and find Him as our source of life. Does that make sense? Okay. If you nodded off, come back. We'll... Wrap this up. There's good news. And the good news is that God is already working in us. And God is the one who gives us the power and the desire to do what he's called us to do. Our activity is about working this salvation out. It's about practicing it. It's about trying it on and figuring out how does it meet my daily life? How does faith and life intersect in my life? And so I've got to work that out in my life. The salvation part of it is given to me by God, but I've got to work that salvation out. And the good news, God is working in us, giving us the desire and the power to do what he's called us to do. Isn't that good news? Aren't you thankful for that? 
Now, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to close. Um, and I want to challenge you this week. I, I want to challenge you this week to think about the habits in your life. I know we're talking about it on Sunday, and it's easy to talk about something on Sunday and leave and never think about it until next week and go, oh, there was an experiment I could have tried. I, I want to challenge you to think about the habits of your life, and I want to challenge you to experiment with something new, to experiment with prayer or scripture or fasting, and simply see if God wouldn't begin to show up when you turn toward him in your daily life. Aren't you thankful that God wired us in these amazing ways? He gives us these brains to be used that are efficient. He gives us the ability to influence what's going on up here and then influence what's going on out here. So may you, as you walk through your life every single day, may you realize that God is with you and you're not alone. May, may you find that God is not only with you, but he's working in you and he's giving you the power and he's giving you the desire to follow him, to trust him, and to participate with the work of the Spirit in your life. May you choose to do that. May you experiment with some habits, some patterns that may cement within your brain so that you know God is never far. He's always there, and you are his son and his daughter. Aren't you thankful for that today? Go in his grace and his love and his peace. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.